It's recording now. Just getting stuff set up. Uh, mic is on. Okay, it's good. Okay. Hey there. Bienvenue. I'm Goffin, the host of the Duolingo French podcast. As you know, we usually bring you fascinating true stories to help you improve your French listening and gain new perspectives on the world. But today, we're trying something a little different. It's a special episode all about you, our listeners. Bonjour, comment ça va? My name's Andres Bustamante. I'm from El Paso, Texas. Hello, my name is Karen Safransky, and I am from Sacramento, California. Bonjour, j'espère que vous allez bien. Je m'appelle Jigar et je viens de Land. I'm Amandeep Singh from India. Salut, je m'appelle Kamni Isabella. I'm from Germany. Hello, guys. My name is Javier Contreras. I am from Colombia, South America. We asked you to send in your questions about the podcast so we could take you behind the scenes. We loved hearing about how the Duolingo French podcast has become a part of your lives. And we loved listening to you practicing your French. Bonjour, Goffin. Uh, je m'appelle Marc Oviambo. Je viens de Kenya. J'aime trop le podcast. Et merci beaucoup. Je suis très heureux. Good morning. Uh, my name is Yadi. I'm from Italy. And at the very moment, I'm living in Australia since a couple of years. I'm working in construction and most of the time I'm, I'm by myself. So I just put on the stories and just let them go and listen to the French. And I don't know, it's really helping me out. And I can definitely tell that my skills has improved. It's an amazing, it's an amazing thing that you guys are doing. And yeah, I hope you just keep going with the stories. I've, uh, I just wish there were super weeks instead of just one, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Two episodes per week? Oh, yeah. Well, to see if this is possible, let me ask Natasha Ruc. She is the managing editor of the Duolingo French podcast, which means she oversees the storytelling process from start to finish. Salut, Natasha. Comment ça va? Ça va, ça va. Salut, Gopin. So, um... Listeners, I think, want to know where we're from. <laughs> so let's start with you. Natasha, are you French? <laughs> where, where are you from in France? Uh, I'm Lilloise. I viens du nord de la France. We actually had a, um, a person from my home region, uh, the cheese champion. She's from my region, and I, I'm like, I can't wait to go back to France and to meet her. Uh, oh, that's awesome. And maybe bring back some cheese. Definitely, definitely, you know? definitely. <laughs> My home region has some of the worst cheeses uh, that you can uh, get. They smell terrible. Le maroil. The thing is, the smelly cheeses are the ones that taste the best. It's just like how it goes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you would know because you actually make your own cheese. I make my own cheese, but this is a new, this is a new phenomenon, very pandemic-based. You know, everyone was doing sourdough, so I was like, I'm going to up the fermentation and do cheese. Um, <laughs> but I'm learning. Anyways, um, where I'm from, I'm from the US. I feel like people know that I'm from the US from my accent. That's pretty obvious. But my family's Congolese, so I grew up speaking French. And then I spent a lot of time, I've spent a lot of time in France in my adult life, I have family there, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. But I think that now that you're making uh, your own cheese in your apartment in Brooklyn, I think that, you know, you're, you're more French than anyone I know. 
um i'll take it like i i this is my shout out is to anyone who makes cheese please keep this in the podcast anyone who makes cheese and knows how to do it and wants to give me some tips slide into the dms i am here <laughs> okay i'll try to find you someone <laughs> okay what do you have for me so let's get this ama let's get this ask me anything started uh the first question i picked how about doing two episodes per week natasha <laughs> are you trying to kill me <laughs> uh, no one no <laughs> we just want more audio yeah i i mean maybe we'll get there at some point i'm just so proud of the story we put out every week but it's like they take so much time and effort. Like it takes four months to produce uh, each story. And there are a lot of people involved. Like um, there's a team of producers and editors and language experts who work on every single story. So from the time it takes to pitch a story, conduct the first interviews, write and edit the script, and then have them simplified by linguists, then record the tracks, with the protagonist and with you edit the voice and the sound design it's like it takes months and months of time <laughs> fair enough fair enough sorry ad <laughs> so um let me play you my favorite uh, listener message uh-oh here we go salut je m'appelle cam isabella i'm from germany and i'm 19 years old j'adore le duolingo french podcast and I think that the host, Mr. Dwelle, is doing a great job presenting it. Il sonne très sympa. Au revoir. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's, it's, it's so, like, I, I feel like I know intellectually that people are listening all over the globe because that's what a podcast is. But it's so, it's crazy to hear the different places. It's like, oh, that's awesome. And ages. I, I can vouch, you know. Go find it très sympa. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, there's a lot of laughter that gets to be edited out of the tapes. Yeah, you gotta, you know, you gotta laugh some. <laughs> well, Natasha, a lot of listeners were very curious about one thing. Bonjour, Duolingo. C'est Mohamed. Je suis uh, un homme libanais qui habitait en France pour deux ans. Um, Alors, euh, du coup, j'avais une question que je voulais vous poser. Et c'est comment est-ce que vous trouvez les conteurs de l'histoire et comment est-ce que vous choisissez les, euh, les histoires? Et merci beaucoup. Thank you for practicing your French uh, in that question, Mohamed. So, this is two questions. How do we find our storytellers and how do we pick the stories? I can answer the first one. To find the stories, we look for them everywhere, nonstop. We have a few producers, some in the uh, USA, some in France, and they hunt for stories. They read the press, they go on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, sometimes you're at a party or at a Zoom meeting and you meet someone interesting and then you pounce on them. Or sometimes someone emails you. Those are my favorites because I know they come from people who've listened to the podcast and our game to tell their stories. And also, it's much less work for us. <laughs> Thanks, Natasha. My pleasure. Always a pleasure. Yeah, for sure. Now, to answer the second question, how we pick the stories, I asked Laura Maycumber, our supervising producer at Duolingo. Hey, Angofan. 
There are a bunch of things we keep in mind when choosing which stories to turn into actual episodes of the podcast. The first consideration is simply whether or not a story is going to be accessible to intermediate French learners. We try to keep our episodes rooted in the kind of everyday vocab and experiences that French learners are more familiar with, which means we can't really do anything that's too technical or that requires our listeners to have in-depth knowledge of something super culturally specific. We still tell really exciting and unexpected stories, but if you listen to any season of the podcast, you'll see that our storytellers are going through things that many of us go through. They're moving to new cities, they're changing jobs, they're exploring their identities, they're uncovering scandalous family secrets. So the first question we always ask when we look at a story pitch is, will a French learner understand what's happening here? And then the second question we ask is, is this story exciting and engaging? The more twists and turns a story has, the longer people are likely to stick around and listen. And the longer people listen, the more they're improving their French. Another thing we always keep in mind is the fact that the French-speaking world is a very, very diverse place. And I don't just mean culturally. I mean geographically, too. French is the official language of 29 countries, and people of all different identities and backgrounds and faiths speak this language. You know, our promise to listeners is that we tell them true stories from the French-speaking world. And we mean the whole French-speaking world. So while we obviously love the stories we produce that take place in the French countryside or in Paris, it's just as important to us to take our listeners to Canada and Senegal and Martinique and Haiti and Switzerland. You get the point. Anyway, I hope that answers Mohamed's question. À tout à l'heure! Thanks, Laura. Of course, selecting stories is just the beginning. Then we have to produce them, which takes a lot of coordination in the best of times. So you can imagine the question on everyone's mind back in March 2020 as the whole world scrambled to adjust to the pandemic. Hi there. My name is Tafazo Shawachu. I'm 22 and I'm from Zimbabwe. I want to thank you guys so much for this podcast because it has really helped me with my French listening and I've learned a lot of new words and it has helped with my schoolwork. Can I find out, how do you guys do these episodes, especially right now with the COVID-19 restrictions and all? Like, is it face-to-face in a studio or does the person telling their story send in a recording or something? Thank you. Thank you, Tafasu. To tell you how we figured out how to keep recording our podcast during the pandemic, I'm calling Lorena Galliot. She's based in Brooklyn, uh, and she produced stories like Comment je m'appelle, What's my name, and more recently, La joie du cancan, The joy of can-can. She interviewed each storyteller, wrote the scripts, and she also handled some of the recordings. Hey, Lorena. Hey, Griffin. How are you? I'm good. Um, so one of our listeners has a question for you. Uh, can you tell us how our recording process changed with COVID-19? Oh. Yeah, it changed a lot. It changed completely. Before COVID, what we did was we recorded in the studios. So we would book a studio. The protagonist would go there, record with a professional sound engineer. Like we're this, We care immensely about the sound. So that was really our priority. And after COVID, we couldn't we couldn't do that anymore. Mm, so then, what what were the changes that we made after you know once COVID hit? Well, we had to figure it out, um, and everyone was at home. So the question was, well, how could people record at home? And thankfully, in the age of smartphones, most of them have recorders or their free apps that actually are great recording apps. 
And we thought, well, we'll, well, let's try to use that. And then it became this game of trial and error, where we were coaching our protagonists on how to try to set up the best possible recording conditions they could in their homes. And, you know, I'm sure you know, but they were in a setup maybe similar to how I am now in my in my bedroom under a blanket with the phone propped up as close as possible to my mouth. Um, a lot of them used paper towel rolls. Right now I'm using a yoga block. It's really whatever you have. We told them that they could drape blankets over them to mute the sound around them. And what was really incredible is that the protagonists we work with are just so wonderful, so willing to tell their story, to share their story, that they really went along with it and that they really did amazing jobs. Yeah, and I had a similar thing here where at home I turned part of my bedroom (laughs) into a studio. I have like a little setup here with my microphone and I have an old curtain that I'm using to try to dampen the sound a little bit beneath the the mic. Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, I feel like we at, initially there was a little bit of how do we do this, yeah. But now, uh, but now it's just you know the rhythm. We just do it. Yeah. So there was this really incredible like we can do it attitude on the team. Just people figuring out and making it happen so that we could get our stories to our listeners. Oh wait, I think my cat is asking for either food or attention. This happens a lot. I'm sorry, Gufin. <laughs> I love that there's a cat. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is the reality of home recording. This is what tends to happen. Yes, totally. Uh, in my case, it's a dog, but I, yes. <laughs> What's your dog's name? <laughs> my dog's name. Uh, so she is a rescue um, and her name in Texas was Camille. But this is the Duolingo French podcast. And so her name is Camille now uh, Camille Camille is a beautiful name all right so I'm sure you might hear mine is Maya and she she really wants me to go so I guess I guess I gotta head out <laughs> all right well thank you so much for joining uh bye Lorena and bye Lorena's cat yeah thanks so much Gofin bye-bye no see ya we got quite a few emails and one is from Annie Zhang in Canada Heyo, I've been a fan of your French podcasts, and I think they're great. Thank you, Annie. I'm wondering, what's something about podcasting that seems easy but is quite difficult? Ah, that, this, is a, this is a good one. Um, one of the surprising things about the Duolingo French podcast is the kind of intense level of expertise that goes into crafting sentences that are clear and accessible for French learners. You actually have to be pretty precise so that it works for learners of the language. Here is Lisa Bromberg, one of our learning experts at Duolingo. Thanks for your question, Annie. One of our biggest challenges is how to retain each storyteller's unique and personal voice while also simplifying their language so that all of you can easily understand their story. To do this, we have a few tricks up our sleeve. First, we put each script through a simplification process. We start with people's stories exactly as they tell them then go through sentence by sentence and adapt their language to use only intermediate level words and phrases. Sometimes there are words and phrases we just can't simplify, in which case GoFen will tell you what the word means in English before you hear the new word in French. Finally, we coach storytellers to speak slowly and enunciate because it takes language learners a little longer to process new information. In the end, our goal is for you to get some practice hearing what you've learned, pick up a few new words along the way, 
And of course, connect with stories and experiences from the Francophone world. Thank you, Lisa. That's what it takes to get the language right. But there are other sounds that we need to get right too. Um, to answer the next question, I'm going to call one of our sound designers, Samia Bouzid. Samia is based in Philadelphia, and she edited and scored stories like La Chasseuse de la Particule, The Particle Hunter, and Défier un Dictateur, Defying a Dictator. Hey, Samia. Hi, GoFan. Yo. Uh, so we're doing a behind-the-scenes episode uh, and letting people know the secrets of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted to see if you could answer a question from one of our listeners. Sure, let's hear it. Great. Here goes. Hello, this is Samuel Bond from Luxembourg in Europe. I'm just curious, how do you guys choose what sound and background noise to put in your podcast? Thanks. Yeah, so what you refer to as background noise is what we call soundscaping. And I'm really happy to hear you asking about it, Samuel, because in season five, this was something that we paid special attention to. Um, We really wanted you as listeners to come to all of the places where our protagonists' stories took place and really feel like you were there with them. Were there any, um, Samia, were there any uh, of the episodes in season five where, you know, you felt kind of, the, the ones that when you listen back to the soundscaping, you're kind of like, yes, I succeeded or like any of them that stand out. Um, well, one of the ones that was the most fun for me was the the uh, Santon episode, the Christmas story. And so that one was that one required a little bit of imagination. Um, the scene that I have in mind right now is at the very beginning where the the protagonist was sitting listening to the Christmas story as told on a vinyl record. And she was remembering, she was remembering this moment in her childhood, but she was also recalling this story. And it, it was all very magical in her memory. And so I wanted to right. recreate that experience, but also recreate the story and bring that alive in the way that it kind of felt to her when she was a kid. What did you, what did you do to try to get that? Yeah, well, so the first step was just to uh, try to recreate the recording, like as it would have sounded to her sitting in that room. Um, so we treated it a little bit to make it sound like vinyl. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, that was when I started thinking about what was actually going on in the story. It was this Christmas village. And so I pulled some sound effects from sound libraries to create the sound of villagers and some of the, the southern wind, le mistral. And I also found some sound effects. I think there was an ox in there and a donkey and some of the animals that were around. So um, I layered all of these on top of each other to try to create the story that she was listening to. And so that one was really fun for me because it required a little bit of imagination and I, I, I couldn't really know exactly what it sounded like because this was an internal experience for her, but that was it was fun to sound design. Yeah, and that's something that I've learned too the more I've done uh, sound design is that it's like painting. Uh, I feel like it's like, I don't know anything about painting, but... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's like it's it's similar to what I imagine painting to be where you're not just using one color to try to get it. I think it's a similar thing with the sound design to kind of get a full a full sound or a full like imagined representation of that place. Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially because we're not actually able to go to these places most of the time. So we we can't just plop a recorder down and and record what that place sounds like. So most of the time we're having to create the place with sound. Um, And that can be kind of tricky, especially for me, I haven't been to many of these places. So 
the first thing I usually do when I start on a new episode is before I put in any sounds, I'll go on YouTube and just look at travel vlogs and try to get a sense of what the place sounds like. Um, but sometimes if it's a place that's not really well-traveled or people haven't made videos about it, I'll go on um, Google Maps and use Street View to just walk around, especially if it's like a specific neighborhood. I'll go walk around the neighborhood or walk around the park and get an idea of what I think it should sound like before I put in the sounds. Sometimes we get really lucky and there will be a scene in... I don't know, an airport, and we actually have audio from that airport or or something like that. But most of the time, we're just trying to recreate it and make it sound as authentic as we can with sound effects from libraries. Well, Samia, thank you for answering the question and for all your sound design. Sure. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. All right. So we've gotten a good sample of our team, uh, but our listener Bill in Atlanta had a question for our most important team members our protagonists. We're always amazed by the people who share their stories with us, and Bill had a question about a story from our first season, Partir du Paradis, Leaving Paradise. Bonjour, c'est Elodie. Je ne suis pas disponible pour le moment, mais vous pouvez me laisser un message après le bip. Bonjour, Elodie. We got a question for you from one of our listeners. Here's the question. Elodie Loret. What has happened to her education project to teach the school kids in La Réunion about their history and culture? Thanks, Elodie. Elodie lives in La Réunion. It's a French island in the Indian Ocean, so it's not easy to talk in person. But here's the message she left me back. Hi, Ngoffen. Have I been able to share the story of La Réunion with kids? Well, yes. I shared my story in Duolingo French two years ago, and since then... I have joined a theatre company. We go in different neighbourhoods and put on free plays for children. We share tales from the island with pirates, witches and sea creatures. The company's name is La Petite Seine qui bouge, which means the travelling little stage. Although, now I've got my driver's licence and I do writing workshops in school and online. And I have launched my own podcast named Laboratoire d'écriture, writing a lab. And I love when listeners from the Duolingo podcast come and listen to it. À la prochaine! Thank you, Elodie. Listeners were also curious to learn more about Damien Landesman, our protagonist in the episode Le Nom Caché, The Hidden Name. This was a very popular episode about a man who uncovers a family secret from World War II. 12-year-old Roshni Dontelli sent us an email wanting to know if there are many people with stories like Damien's. Bonjour, I am Damien Landesman. Uh, Roshni, there are actually plenty of people around the globe that are changing names. So especially in the Jewish community like mine, many families that have been through the, the, world, the Second World War have had to change names for obvious reasons. They had to hide and, and hide the fact that they were Jewish. Uh, so this is what happened to my grandfather. Uh, I have actually a couple of, of other uh, friends that have the same story uh, from Italy, from wherever around the globe. But beyond also the, the Jewish community, uh, there are plenty of people that want to go back to their original names. They're not afraid or ashamed anymore. And while they are happy to be integrated in their new country, they're also very proud of their origins and heritage. I hope this answers your question, Roshni. Thank you. 
Thank you, Demya. Now, I was super intrigued by one of the emails we received from Sarah Pick in Maryland. Sarah wrote to tell us about a study group she's a part of that's obsessed with the Duolingo French podcast. Uh, so we called Sarah to find out more about how she listens to our stories. Bonjour. Bonjour. <laughs> We love wow. your narration or your oh, intro. So <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I think you probably don't know. We feel very close to you. Yeah. Every, every Friday we hear your voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Kind of you are a friend already. Yeah, it's it's so cool to like. Um, I work in radio, and I know that people are listening. But then you mm-hmm. actually hear the people listening, like where they're from and what they're doing. And it's like, <laughs> oh. That's right. cool. <laughs> right. This is a real thing, not just me right. in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Fen, you have a beautiful voice, and also the way that you speak English, it's mm-hmm. so clear and so much uh, fun to follow, as if a friend is telling you the story. So, okay. it's mm-hmm. right. I was wondering if you were ever in theater, because you're very dramatic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it's funny. I, so, I. Um, I, I ended up changing majors in college, but I went into college for opera, um, and then I kept I, I I've sung I sing opera, so I like kept singing oh, throughout yeah. opera yeah. with an opera company when I finished. Um, so yeah, the, theater via the opera route. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm really impressed. I wanted to know everything about them, how their group was formed, and then I asked each of them to introduce themselves and what their favorite episode was and why. We met everybody uh, in French class and formed study groups to enhance our French. After the start of the pandemic, we switched our study groups to Zoom, of course. And that's when Sarah suggested that we use the Duolingo podcast to enhance our studies. We now meet Friday afternoons on Zoom to take we take turns reading and translating the podcast and we all feel that it's a a fun thing to do rather than just studying grammar or or doing our homework it's it's really a reward for us you know this is our treat on Friday afternoons (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sarah why don't you go ahead and start great I am director of marketing at a science research institute So I had to pick number 10, the particle hunter, as my favorite because um, Raja El Morsley, I just loved her story because of her convincing her father to study in France and also convincing her country to get involved with the Higgs boson. But there was a level of reading this that I realized I'm reading about particle physics in French and you (laughs) You made it accessible to us. And I was so hooked. I told everybody about it. And one thing led to another. And then we, since that day in April, we've been reading one a week. Yeah, my name is Vela. And I'm a retired HIV nurse from Johns Hopkins Hospital. Um, But I really loved episode 26, um, The Joy of Can Can. Um, Because as an older woman, it gave me good advice for women my age just to still keep on moving mentally and physically. Okay, my name is Mary Jo Tudlaka, and I am a visual artist. And number 16, Karate Dreams, the story of Valérie Desroches. 
I love that story. She just kept going, going, going. And, um, and also, you know, if, if people didn't accept her or teachers didn't accept her, she wasn't going to let that stop her. And I, I so admire her for that. And um, I thought it was a wonderful story. Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Firuze. I'm originally from Iran. Um, I grew up with two languages, Kurdish and Persian. And then um, at school, we learned Arabic and English. And then at university, I learned French. Like my friends, Ms. Amin mentioned, it was really difficult to choose an episode because I was able to connect with uh, all of them. However, I decided to... Um, um, select Valerie Hirschel's story. Um, it was a very inspiring story. It was a story of loss, resilience, and success. My name is Wan Chen Shao. I'm an international radio broadcaster and reporter for Voice of America. And I originally come from Taiwan. And uh, uh, my husband says I'm ob obsessed to uh, learn French. Okay, so that's a good compliment. <laughs> and uh, um, just like most of my friends, we love almost everyone. But my favorite one is episode 35, the title called The Voix de France, The Voice of uh, France. And the story really, really is amazing to me because it echoes my professional life. My name is Janice, and I am a substitute teacher in Howard County Public Schools. And I do get to teach French, which is such a wonderful experience, especially with podcasts, because I plan to take the podcast to my class and allow the students to read some of these wonderful, inspiring stories. It was really hard to pick, but number eight really spoke to me. I know with Hong Dagenet, she was actually kidnapped and she thought that she was abandoned, but she really wasn't. And she was able to find that out. I especially uh, think that her mother was so wonderful to try to keep trying to find her. And actually when she did find her, they did make such a connection. And um, it was so inspiring to me. I, it was very emotional and I will never forget that story. Thank you so much for interviewing <laughs> that person and writing it. Thank you for listening. And I'll introduce myself. My name is Carol LePoe. I'm formerly a financial analyst for a major defense contractor here in Maryland. Uh, I'm a big sports fan. So I love the stories about the athletes and how they were able to succeed. Number 18, the surfer of Senegal and also uh, the runner from Bambico. We just ran, read that. So that's our group, as you can see, but we really enjoy our Fridays with uh, with our podcasts. That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you for listening. Thank yeah. you. And everybody have a nice day and be safe. It was so much fun hearing how the Duolingo French podcast brought you all together. So a huge thank you to Vela, Carol, Janice, Mary Jo, Wan Chang, Firuze, and Sarah. And to y'all who wrote to us, texted us, and called in your questions, and listened to the Duolingo French podcast, merci. We have reached the end of this special episode. You can keep sending us messages via voicemail or WhatsApp. 
The number again is plus one seven zero three nine five three nine three six nine, or send an email to podcast at duolingo.com. Don't forget to mention your name and where you're calling or writing from. I hope now you also feel more connected to one another and to us as you practice your French. Here are a few more people who work hard to bring you this podcast. Bonjour, I'm Martina Castro, and I live in Los Angeles, California. Hello, I'm Roman Frontini from Buenos Aires, Argentina. I am Camille Inbaum from Brooklyn, New York. Hello, I'm Martin Chaussard. I'm originally from Montreal, Canada, and I live in Atlanta, Georgia. Hi, my name is Laurent Apfel. I was born and raised in Paris, France, also partly in the United States, and I currently live in Santiago de Chile. My name is Adélie Pujman-Ponte, and I live in Paris and in Nice in the south of France. Bonjour, I am Stéphanie Martins. I am from Amiens, France, but I am currently living in Florida. I'm Jérémy Bellegarde from Lyon, France. I'm Maria Jose Abascal from Guatemala. Hi, I'm Kevin Kunitaki from Los Angeles and living in New York City. I'm Lucia Hurtado from Guatemala. I'm Emily Chu in New York. Hi, my name is Gonzalo, and I'm from Virginia. And I'm your host, Ngofen Putubwele. Merci, et à la prochaine!